Welcome to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Straight talk, enthusiastic support, and heartfelt encouragement for you to open up to your sacred sexuality. And now your host, Leslie Blackburn. Thank you, my love, and thank you all for tuning in, whether you're joining us live or later in the podcast. Oh, this is really a deep honor to share and to connect once again this beautiful month, this now being August, and heading into late summer, and being in the body, what I'm noticing in my body and what we're going to do on this show, as always, it's, this is a journey of our sacred sexuality of feeling safe to be who we are authentically and to be alive and whole in that authentic self and to talk about topics sometimes that are edgy or uncomfortable, things that mm, maybe we don't feel safe to discuss in other forums and to explore you know, education, awareness, stories, um, questions for inquiry ways in which we're dancing in this lifetime of reconnecting with, I'll say, and trusting our own power. And as we go today, we're going to begin once again with a little settling in, a little connection and plugging into the body as we open for our topic today. So let's start with that with the breath and use the correct bells. Ah, a breath, settling in, feeling the belly, feeling the womb space, the deep pelvic bowl, the chalice of our deep body, creative center and power. What's it like to turn inward, drop in, settle in, down? Notice, reorganize our bodies if there needs some adjusting to then relax into ah, softening the root gates, allowing that connection down from our midline through the pelvis, the pelvic floor, down deep into the center of the earth. Feeling through the layers of the earth and connecting deep into the central core, wrapping around. Ah, invite some sound and exhale with some vibration. Notice how it feels when you give yourself permission to make sound. Mmm. And then an inhale, claiming, reclaiming any places where you've spread yourself thin, coming on home. Mm, yes, more please, welcoming into your space of self. Light, life, energy, gratitude to the ecstatic currents, the golden downflow. Allowing them to meet the deep connection with earth where we can open and receive the sweet earth energy 
downflow, the light of the heavens, the stars, the mystery, the beyond, the universe. However we relate to that sense of other. And remembering the connection within, that there is no other, this we are one, that there is a way in which in our own beings we merge and become the chalice for the, the sacred union of these qualities of opposites and that this really is a journey of love. Feeling deeply into my body and into my heart and recognizing love. This has been a part of what I've been noticing. I invite you to notice what you are noticing. Mm, And then give yourself the permission once again for a few breaths, a breath of gratitude for yourself for taking time, for inquiring within, for listening to your own body. Thank you, thank you, body. Thank you, spirit. Mm. And when you're ready, gently widening that awareness, feeling the space around you that is still part of you, above, behind, And gently staying wide in that awareness over the next couple of breaths, bringing awareness back into receiving the external world, opening the eyes, allowing lights, allowing visuals. Yay, and being here now in your body. What an invitation. Seems so straightforward. For me, it has been quite a life's journey of can I actually slow down and notice and be in my body? Spent so long not in my body um, in different ways, you know, and, no, and not beating myself up for that, but just watching the ways in which um, I had learned uh, defense mechanisms to sort of check out or pull away and not be as present as I'm noticing can be possible now. And that it's just an inquiry. That's just a journey. It's not a right or wrong or good or bad. It's just noticing for me, the more I can settle in and turn my awareness inward and bring this beautiful place of body and brain together, uh, the power of that, of really making decisions and guiding life through experiencing um, my body and as well as what my analytical thought processes are having to say. They're both important. I invite, let's just not ignore one because of the other. So this exploration today, we are exploring a topic um, that I'm going to call the Lionsgate Portal, Monarch, Butterflies, and Sex. And you might wonder, what do all of those things, like why are they connected? What do they have to do with each other? So um, we're gonna, that's what we're going to explore. The Lionsgate portal, monarch, butterflies, and sex. So here we go. The, let's begin with the Lionsgate portal. Those of you who might be following me on social media, which I encourage, come join me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And those places, I've been posting quite a bit um, over this journey of the Lionsgate portal of what that was. And let me just recap briefly of what this time on the planet has been. Um, The Lionsgate portal is a window of time cosmically that happens every year right around July 26th. It opens 
there's a peak around August 8th and there's a closure that starts to happen around August 12th. And um, the effects of this aren't, aren't exact, right? My experience is it may be just a little bit before or after the 26th, like right around these windows, the peak around the 8th and then starting to close in the 12th. Uh, August 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th range is what I'm feeling. And um, what does that mean? Well, it's during the, that gate, the beginning of that gate, um, through the gate, uh, the portal, and then closing, that the sun, the earth, and the central sun of our, of our galaxy, Sirius, the star Sirius, align in such a way that it opens this portal, this sort of direct download transmission possibility with really profound higher dimensional possibilities. To me, I'm experiencing it as like a direct connect to, to, I will say Christ consciousness that that's a phrase that can be a little interesting to explore. But for me, that is, fifth dimensional consciousness, consciousness or the nature of who we are um, deeply remembered. Uh, we, you know, kind of forgot during our birth process. And at least that's the way I look at this. And so we dance this planet as humans having a, more of a three-dimensional experience a lot of the times. What I invite is, our, is remembering who we are, remembering our highest potency and possibility, our authentic selves. We are these vast energetic beings that happen to be here in a physical body. And that that is a gift both ways. We can say yes and delight in the vast energetic possibilities of the realms of the other that we can't touch and see and feel with traditional senses. That maybe our scientific rational selves have some skepticism around or hold at arm's length. And that is welcome and encouraged. So my science geeky self says, yeah, okay, I don't know so much know about this. And what I, what I do is say, okay, let's just listen and open to our own personal experience of the, of the potency of the download and of the possibility. And then from that, as I connect deeply with my own knowing, it sort of strengthens my sense of yes. And this is what actually has been coming for me is talking about this more. This is stuff I kind of resist talking about sometimes because of fear that, oh, somebody's going to think it's weird or flaky or whatever. But the reality is my full being knows the truth in it for myself. And so the invitation is, what is yours? You know, not take my words as fact or as uh, must but instead take them uh, coming from a person who does have a history of 15 years in corporate engineering and a bachelor's and a master's in mechanical engineering and all this scientific geeky self of me that gets that there's skepticism and go, okay, I hear you. And whoa, you're experiencing what? And then just have that be an invitation for yourself, not a, not a must, but an, an opening of a door that says step through and, Check in for yourself, for your own personal experience. So in this Lionsgate portal, in this time of this window, what can happen, my experience in it, is there's this deep beckoning, this deep, like, summons into our authentic potency. And in that, 
is the summons to say, you know, all those things you've been resisting or holding or gripping onto that really aren't serving you anymore. Yeah, it's time to let those go. And it's a really deep call and one that is hard to ignore. We can try to ignore it and can be really, really painful. And um, my experience is as I do less ignoring and less holding on to old ways and more trusting and more letting go, my experience of feeling more aligned with my truth and my path, feeling more free and pleasure and space that doesn't come easily. I'm not saying it's, it, this is like a piece of cake, but it can, it, it's so possible that I, this is why I speak about this. Like I want to invite, not that anyone has to do anything, but the inquiry, what's it like to go, Hmm, really? That's a thing. Maybe I'll notice that. What do I notice? So those are the questions I invite for you. What, what do you notice right now, for example, as we're now at August 21st, but also what did you notice over the last month? What things have, have come into your world or left your world? What experiences have you had? How have you felt? What are you noticing during this time? And to affirm for yourself, like, this is really big time. There's a lot happening in your personal life and also cosmically that will impact you. The way our bodies are connected with Earth and with our solar system and with the planets and the galaxy are quite profound. It's just often we don't, they can be subtle. Sometimes we don't notice them as much. So anyway, the Lionsgate portal, as it's been opened, this beckoning into authentic self and this call to what are you ready to let go of? What's no longer serving? And often a real um, nudge at a minimum towards like it's time to let that go. And then opening to receive these keys, to receive the mm, unlock, you know, the keys to unlock the codes that are dormant in our bodies. It's like allowing an opening of a deep transmission. It's not cognitive. It's not something we do. It's something we allow and trust. And that it's available. I invite, this is available to anyone, whether we're cognizant of it or not, whether we choose to consciously meet it or not, it's there. And it's happening. Things happen without our conscious knowing of it all the time. So in my personal experience with the Lion's Gate, part of the reason it's called the Lion's Gate is the sun is in Leo. And the other part of the reason is to me that, that nature of the lion energy, the lion's of serious, this deep um, consciousness level of connected with lion energy and segment. And this journey for me is a time, this time of year is now a time in particular, I, I journey with and walk with segment, the exquisite goddess of, in, in the Egyptian pantheon, of um, mm, love, She's the deep mother. She's also the dark mother. She's the, the, you know, we must clear way to, you know, destroy and burn and purge these old limiting thoughts and beliefs and fears, offering them up to her. Yes, please, Sekhmet. Sa, Sekhem, Sahu. 
as we call to her and bring our devotional awareness to the qualities of, yes, please, I need support to burn and purge the old to make way for the new. So that has been part, she, dancing with meeting this deep power of Sekhmet energy is something that I realized I've been doing all my life. And I didn't really consciously notice I was doing that all my life until much, much later. But as I started to consciously come into awareness of it around 15 or 20 years ago, like meeting the deep power of my essence, my essence of connection with Big Cat, with the panther jaguar in me with Sekhmet as a guide of let's clear away that old and let's repattern and invite the new layers of our self-awareness to emerge because this is what this invitation is is like being who we are so what new layers of our wholeness are available are ready to be seen are ready to be rebirthed and like I said this happens and yet we may not notice it consciously. So this, this just came into my awareness. This particular lion's gate this year is exactly 10 years. And I realized like the opening of the lion's gate was exactly 10 years, almost to the day, I think to the exact day that I left corporate engineering 10 years ago. And I walked away to, Oh, you know, really give, gestate and give birth to this new layer of my authentic being and my work in the world as a sacred sexual healer and a transformational guide. So it was a profound time, that 10-year-ago point, the day I stepped away, that then during the course of the Lion's Gate that year, which again, I didn't know this was a Lion's Gate that year, like, I, I had no clue. But as I reflect back, I see now that that vision quest, my first vision quest, with my teacher back in that year happened right through the peak of the lion's gate and that whole stepping away and what are you ready to shed and throw into the fire, which I did physically at a at a vision quest. And then what, who are you? What, how am I rebirthed where I got my name light bearer came through when I remembered that deep calling of that name came through right through the peak and, the, and then as we came out and integrated back into our lives was in the closing of that gate. Like, holy wow to me when I reflect back on that time of year. So this has been personally a really big, a really big um, phase of time for me and one that I have deep gratitude for and reverence for. And like I said, only consciously started to meet with like the term Lionsgate and this and, and such last year. So there's only been last year and this year that I've brought this much awareness to it for myself. And I've found as I have, like I feel it now, even as I'm talking and my body's tingling, there's vibrations down the back of my neck and shoulders and my breasts and nipples are lighting up and there's a whole space of wide awareness opening behind me as if wings are spreading, which I will talk about next This is a perfect thank you, a perfect segue into this next piece. So this is the lion's gate. And if you recall our topic for today, the lion's gate, monarch butterflies and sex. So let's continue with more about that after this short break. You are listening live to Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. 
Today is Tuesday, August 21st, 2018, and you are listening to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you'd like to talk with Leslie live on the air, give us a call at 646-378-0378. That number again is 646-378-0378. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. Yay, thank you, my love. Yes, so Lion's Gate, <clears throat> this powerful time, opening of a portal, opening of a gate of awareness, and opening of connection to the way in which we can unlock codes and invite our energetic being to um, mm, vibrate into highest possibility, be who we are, align with our authentic purpose on this planet. To me, that is the time that we're in. So I invite, <clears throat> what do you notice in that for you? What have you been noticing over these past weeks? In what ways are things knocking on your door or really beckoning you to let go? Um, things that are feeling uncomfortable or Um, edgy or just really distracting you, Uh, the word is slippery, really grasping at you, like tugging at you, like, you know, like you can't stop thinking about this thing and it's triggering you and there's an anger loop that need it, you know, just need it and listen to it and, and acknowledge the wisdom in it. What is it asking of you? And to, if you choose, to explore that connection with, with your source, with your guidance, to really um, invite a, a support for making the changes that you feel called to do. So now as we um, have sort of we've moved through the close of the Lion's Gate, this, of course, is still all available to us. It's just different in different phases. So it's not something to think, well, I've, I've already missed it or it's whatever. Like, let yourself meet it in whatever way feels right for you. So in addition to that, I want to share a little bit about my particular journey this year with the Lion's Gate, which invited um, me to learn from a totally new teacher that I did not expect to be learning from. And that is literally on like the first day of the gate, I was outside in my garden area or doing some weeding and doing some Um, things outside. And I saw this caterpillar, a little small caterpillar on a plant and looked, it caught my eye and it was actually pretty small, less maybe only a half to three quarters of an inch. It was a pretty small little caterpillar. And I'm like, oh, wow, you look like a monarch. Um, You're not on milkweed, you know, so monarch caterpillars, the eggs and the caterpillars need milkweed, the plant as a host to feed on in preparation for their journey into adulthood as a butterfly. They will not survive without milkweed. They have to have milkweed. And um, this particular caterpillar wasn't on milkweed, which made me curious. And yet I thought, you know, like this is just it's revealed itself to me and it's in nature. But, hey, I can relate with it. I can ask a question. So I had just pulled a milkweed plant, a small one, out of my yard because I have many, many in my yard since I rescued some some years ago. And now they are happily reproducing everywhere. So I have to herd them a little bit and tell them where I feel that it's okay to be in my yard. So the uh, pulling out of a couple of small plants, I put one of them over by this particular little caterpillar and just left, like walked away and said, well, 
Here's, the, here's an, a question for you. Would you like this? I'm not going to force it. I walk away. I do some more things. I come back, and the little caterpillar has made its way onto this milkweed plant. And I'm like, all right, that's my answer. And so now I have a milkweed plant that's not planted and uh, a little caterpillar and a remembrance of the time in which I have explored witnessing caterpillars in my yard um, and how I've never seen any of them make it to adulthood in my yard. And hearing, I remember hearing a quote about uh, only 5%, I think, of the monarch eggs that get laid make it to adulthood you know, 95% perish. And just really feeling the call, uh, having seen so much more monarch activity this year than any prior year. And I'm like, I feel this caterpillar revealed itself and the invitation is to come in. I'm going to, I'm actually going to bring him inside and raise them, raise him in, in an enclosure. I felt it was a him from the beginning. So I kept calling it him. <clears throat> so I, I'm like, and his, and he revealed his name, his name, was Fred. He's like, Fred, I'm Fred. I'm like, okay, Fred, come on in. So I bring Fred in on a little piece of milkweed and in a vase, and uh, we begin a journey together. And what ends up happening over the course of the, basically the, the lion's gate, right? So this is the first day of the gate. Now, as I bring him inside, the little plant that I brought him in on, oh, there's more eggs. Oh, those hatch. Oh, we have more caterpillars. Oh, we have more caterpillars. Wow, they're eating like crazy. Well, we need to bring in more milkweed. Oh, there's more eggs. So over the course of our experience, we end up having six monarchs join us in this family. And we call them the fam. Yay, the fam. We got the fam. And Fred proceeds to teach me about life and about love and about sex. And I was like, really? I'm supposed to learn more about sex from a caterpillar? Okay. So I was, you know, like, this is pretty kind of blowing my mind. And the first thing that, uh, that, we, that really clicked for me as I watch Fred grow is <clears throat> monarch caterpillars. I do a lot of research. And again, my geek self comes in. So I've learned a lot. I've become pretty knowledgeable about the monarch uh, life cycle. Um, both from and and yet let me let me be clear both from reading about it and researching and doing sort of the heady thing that's about analyzing which is valuable and even more so from experiencing and feeling and being with these divine creatures that are telling me about their lives through their actions through their life with me and that it's in that deep deep wisdom that some things have emerged that are part of the offering for today. So Fred comes in. They, they have five instars. There's five stages in which they are in um, larva form, the caterpillar form. And it's different sizes of caterpillars. When they're an egg, they're teeny, teeny, tiny, little, like one millimeter across egg. And when they first hatch, tiny caterpillar that just came out of like a one millimeter egg, you can hardly even tell it's a caterpillar. It looks like a dot. And it proceeds to grow like crazy. And I read something like 10,000 fold by the end of its caterpillar, or yeah, caterpillar self. It's grown 10,000 times its size. Like, what? You know, we don't have anything to compare to that in the human realm. <laughs> we don't, gr we grow. 
don't get me wrong. And there's humans are magical and not like 10,000 fold. (laughs) Um, At least not after, after being birthed into the world. Um, I suppose that, you know, if we think back to our egg selves, we might be in that category. So the, um, the amazingness for me was watching them and then watching, um, I, I got, he invited me in to see him shed his skin for, I think, the final stage of his development. They, they shed their skins five times. The final stage of his larval development of his caterpillar self. So I think from fourth to fifth instar, but I'm not entirely positive, frankly. <clears throat> but I watched, I watched this thing happen. So Fred, who's been active and eating all his, you know, da, 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 eating, 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 pooping, pooping, pooping. They eat and poop a lot. <laughs> that now he slowed down and he found a spot under a leaf and he stayed there. Like hours go by and he's staying there and he's, there's this stillness happening. There's this way in which I can feel his aliveness turning inward. The way in which I can feel his vibrancy, his potency, really congealing deep into his midline. <clears throat> and watching the external, like it's as if the edges of his skin become um, less potent. There's a shift. It's hard to put into words. And then literally I see there's a point where his front little legs lift up off the leaf. So even though he's hanging upside down and he's attached with the rear sets of, of legs, there's the front ones, they kind of lift a little. So there's this, it's almost like floating in space in this space below this leaf. <clears throat> and it's deep stillness for hours and hours and hours, probably 18 hours. And I'm sitting and, and the, their enclosure was right by me as I was writing, writing my book. And I notice this moment where I'm just called in, like, I need to look over at Fred. And I look over, and this movement has started. And now, over the next, like, three minutes tops, there's this profound, like, undulation. It's moving through his body, you know, like, undulating, undulating, and a, and a, the split of the face comes forward and like next thing you know there's there's this whole wiggling and it's literally he's literally crawling out of his own skin like crawling out of his own skin so forward pulls you know the split from the head to the the rest of the body skin and he crawls it's like wiggles wiggles undulates undulates and then poof the the last of the skin comes off of his tail end and there's this arch in his back like, whoa. and then a whew, deep rest. So that intensity of movement, like, can you imagine what it would be like? Imagine how hard it must be to crawl out of one's skin. We do it. We crawl out of our skins energetically all the time, but we don't crawl out of them physically. But we're, we're shedding skins and becoming new layers of who we are a.k.a. what I just shared about the Lion's Gate portal, these old ways of being, these old ways of thinking, they're shedding skins. So of course it's intense. Of course it feels hard. Like look at this creature who now, who has spent hours in preparation in stillness for about three minutes 
of intense action and now goes into deep rest a minute or two you know so some time passes minutes then fred turns around and he eats his own skin that he has just shed he eats it brings it into his body for nourishment which was just so profound to me think of the efficiency of that that wow i'm going to be uh, the efficiency of a creature that says i'm going to really honor deep nourishment and the fullness of what i need and bring that back into my body why this this isn't a bad thing this is facing our own shadow this is facing and transmuting and merging with that with which we thought we were done but guess what it served us it served us and there's a way we can have it be part of our being to carry us forward into our next phase and then he rests again so that happens for seconds and then he rests again for hours so this deep transformational experience shedding one's skin which is so profound and then really merging with and being with that that shadow that that thing we thought we were done with and going you know what i'm whole and now i'm stepping forward in a higher place in a new space in a in a in a sense of greater self into my next layer of my life and what fred taught me during this experience what I drew from that was a bit what I just shared about merging with and facing our own shadow, those bits of self that we think we want, we don't like and going, you know what? There's an ally in that. There's a gift in what we, what we think isn't serving. How can we, what is the way we can transmute and merge with that? And the stillness, the value of the stillness, how often do we rush? You know, how often have I rushed? Do I rush and rush and rush? Or do I think that in order to be productive or valuable that I have to do, I have to hurry around, I have to be doing. If I'm not doing, I'm not good enough. If I'm not doing, I'm not, um, I'm worthless. Like there's all sorts of stories that come in if we think we're not doing. But that, look at this example of the profound shift that happens when we create space, ah, rest in the stillness, allow our bodies to prepare for that next big shed, skin shedding. And then, and then at the same time, it deeply integrate afterwards. Like that's big deal. There's some raw territory. There was a tender, his tender new skin, you know, just to, to, to deeply rest and let it strengthen a bit and let it have the new layer of being able to be his interaction with the world, right? Our skin is that way in which we meet the world, like out. It's that it's the boundary between what's within and what's without, you know. It, it's so it's our it's our transition space. And what Fred did was say, like, dude, I just shed a big old one. I need to give myself a little space to integrate so that I can face the world again. And he totally owned that. And we can own that. When we do go through some big thing, and it feels big, hard, we don't have to race through it. We don't have to do again. We don't have to go, well, I did that thing. Now i got to go do this thing. Like, breathe and be and rest in the stillness and remember our own body's divine intelligence that is always available and it knows. Can we trust our bodies knowing to guide us 
into what pieces of this cycle are for now. And we must have slow, congealing, inward, restful time to be able to rebuild, to be able to engage and feel the space where we can engage and meet the world again. But here's the thing. We rush through that. And part of it comes from a society that values very young concepts, very what I would call masculine, fiery, active, doing, thinking, planning concepts. And, and our society often, and by our society, I'm saying our Western society, in particular the U.S., which is where I am, and that that is as a trend what's valued and what as a trend what's not valued, and I'm not saying this is for all of us, is feminine energy ways, the yin ways, the receptive, slow, feel, be, open, allow, surrender. Ah, honoring that sound and breath and movement are just as valuable as action and doing. That breathing and being are as valuable as that activity. That feeling is as important as thinking. Those ways. So what I saw in this was this value of, yes, action. And we got to, you know, when it's time to get that done, man, it's time. Like, all right, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to shed my skin and I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to give myself permission to rest. And so how does this apply as we meet all this? How does this apply with our deep space of Sexuality, because this is the lion's gate portal, monarch butterflies, and sex. So sex and our sexuality, the, the, the analogy that came to me as I was sitting with preparing for today was <clears throat> this thing that happens, and so I see it with the monarchs, and I see it with sex. With monarchs, if you look online, you do some research, or you see what gets posted, it tends to be, the little um, short, fast nuggets of what I would call the money shot, right? Like, oh, look, it's e-closing right now. And so we'll watch the butterfly emerge from the, cocoon, you know, from the chrysalis. And so it, in 20 seconds of Internet time, in a fast-forwarded way, we'll watch what probably takes several minutes, but it's still only several minutes compared to the hours of preparatory or the days. Monarchs spend five to ten days in chrysalis before they emerge, in my experience, about 20 seconds. So we see 20 seconds because, oh, it's too boring to watch this chrysalis just sitting there. Well, that chrysalis is not just sitting there. That J-hooked caterpillar getting ready to go into chrysalis is not just sitting there. There's life. There's profound, like, preparatory Mm, transformational readiness and you know the transformation's happening it's it's not just happening in those seconds it's just that's when the transition happens so this potency is happening and we miss in my experience if you just watch the little snippets online of oh look this one pupated oh look that one just you know is chomping away and eating like these are those little action shots what i call the money shot so in the sex if we look at the real traditional mainstream view of sex, which is either Hollywood type of sex or 
pornographic type of sex, there's all, you know, it's often about the money shot, the show me the fast and the hard, the big and the intense, or, you know, the orgasmic sequence or the ejaculatory sequence. These are these little tiny nuggets of attention grabbers. And while that's fine, I mean, it can be fine to share this stuff and to be like, wow, that's really cool to watch that butterfly emerge from the chrysalis or, woo, look at the intensity in that sexual situation. Um, I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing, but what I am saying is it's misrepresenting the power and the capacity for what these explorations can be in our body. So in our sexuality, for example my experience, and we've talked about this with sex drive versus sex ah before, and I'm still exploring ways to articulate this, and I welcome, you know, reach out and connect with me, email and share comments, and if you want to really dive into this deep inquiry with me, join me on my Patreon, because I share a deeper story about the eco-sexuality with these experiences with the monarchs on my Patreon page. This is the place where you can really join me in the deep inner circle. Like there's things that I feel shy talking about as I'm here on this radio show, blasting out to the world, like awesome. And I love meeting y'all. And if you really want to come in and meet me and like go deep, join me on Patreon. That's where I'm offering some really deep pieces to this particular journey. And the ones that are kind of vulnerable and like, let's explore this together. Like I'm curious, what are you noticing? So join me there, and that's at patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. But my, my point is, like, this quality of slowing down, that sex is not just about the big, intense, young, energy, active phase. Those are nice, and those are fun, and that, like, that horniness, that drive is, is a piece of our sexuality for sure. But it, it tends to be the only one that gets looked at. It's the one that grabs attention. And what I'm inviting is we have a whole facet of our sexuality that's about slowing way down and opening and allowing and feeling. And in particular, those of us in bodies where we're receiving penetration, like we're the receptors, which is often female bodies, but not always. It can be male bodies. It can be any, any being can be the receptor. So when we're in that deep receptive energy, we're going into deep space of the pelvis. There's, we're heading into deep space of the pelvis, which is deep space in our, in our nervous system. We're tapping into a facet of the nervous system that is about ease and rest and digest. It's the place of our nervous system that we can't do. We can't turn it on. We can't say, I want to flip a switch and have this be active right now. It's the part of our nervous system that demands that we let go. It's the part of our nervous system that says, you can't turn me on, but you can listen and surrender and create space for me. Then, as you do, that potency becomes available. So it's such a paradigm shift. And it's a paradox. Like, it's hard when we want to do, but we can't do. If you're trying to let go, you're not letting go. You know, so it's a deep paradox of, of uh, hard for our analytical brains that want to organize it all or figure it out, figure out what we're exploring. Instead, we have to allow it and feel it and be it. And this is, has huge ramifications in our sexual energy. Huge. When we give ourselves space and start to meet the deep rhythms of the body 
and there is a there is an aliveness that we can tap into that we can then relax into and ride as an experience of orgasmic possibilities that's not just about doing and rushing and it opens my experience with it is it opens doors I never even knew existed. Like it's one thing to say, well, I want to open this door. Where's the key? Like, but it's another to, altogether to say, wow, I don't have the key or the door. And like, whoo, you know, like I'm both become revealed. So it's, it's, it's a really interesting exploration. And what I want to invite is how do we inquire in that for ourselves? Because again, don't take what I'm saying as like stock of, you know, like, oh, I have to, that's, that's my truth. Like, no, feel into what your truth is. I'm offering this as a way that you can, the seeds to plant. How can you inquire into new ways in your body? You may delight in the ones you're already feeling. Yay! It's not about those being wrong. Those are awesome. It's yes and. So you may already be feeling a connection with your sexuality that feels amazing and powerful for you. And, you know, ah, yes! Enjoy that. And what's it like to also be aware there's new possibilities and new doors? And that as we dance in that journey of staying open in our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our wombs and our genitals, that we can open to new ways. You know, I've been feeling my sexuality opening for now um, two decades. And it's still... I. Still find that it, well, and that's after the already one plus decade where it was kind of um, wonderful, but very what I what I learned later it was sort of sort of flat. Like, yep, it was one way, and that's what I knew. It was lovely, but then something happened. A shift happened. A shift that I talk about in my book. A shift that I talk about in other programs. That this body awakening, key body awakening, that woke me up. That went. That, oh, I never knew it could be this beautiful, and that it continues to happen. I still have experiences where I go, oh my gosh, this is just the beginning. And it's two decades later, or another decade after, you know, so many things. Hmm. So, my invitation with this, with the Lionsgate portal, and with monarchs, and with sexuality, is can we learn to listen? to our bodies and to open to allow the new way can we meet the crunchy stuff that we're meant to let go of learn from that open to a new way and slow down to actually experience and be with and trust our sexual energy this quality of sex ah, this quality of inviting what's ready to be seen to come online and then work with it. And then to simply be in relationship with ourselves, our lovers, with nature, with these beautiful beings, these monarchs. So in my journey with the monarchs, I had one of the most profound, orgasmic, ecstatic awakening experiences as they moved from caterpillar to pupa to the chrysalis. And for more of that story, join me at my Patreon page. I would love to engage with you there. So let's take another pause for a short break, and we'll come back 
Thank you for joining us today. You are listening live to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Leslie has a detailed website. You can find radio podcasts, videocasts, and more free resources at leslieblackburn.com. The website is mobile-friendly and also has the full class and event schedule, information on private sessions, mailing list sign-up, and much more, again, at leslieblackburn.com. Leslie offers private sessions and has helped many hundreds of individuals and couples over years on their path of sacred sexuality. Sessions are available either in person or by Skype or phone. See details on the website under Classes and Coaching. There are also options for home study practices. Sacred Sexuality classes on four new topics are now available by video. You can purchase access to these at the website. And the Tantric Energy Touch Workshop is available as an audio CD. Order online at the website. The best way to get announcements about upcoming events, as well as inspirational stories, videos, and radio show archives, is to subscribe to the email newsletter by clicking on the link on the website, leslieblackburn.com. Reminder that Leslie is available for speaking engagements. More information at the website. Also, if you like what you hear today and want more, there's now a whole new way to support Leslie in bringing these sacred sexuality teachings into the world and get amazing rewards for it, including sneak peeks of her new book, which is currently underway. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. See all the details there, again, at patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. And now, back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. Thank you, my love, and thank you all for joining in. I want to take a moment to share deep gratitude for Lover Earth and for Lover's Monarch and the lesson that I've learned of can I rest deeply into myself, into my being, to allow those times that I feel outward and active to have the fuel to do those things big, do them well. And then can I, and my sexual energy, right? Can I go into stillness and then feel the way it spirals and feel the way it starts to build and the sexual energy itself guides me into like, ah, the bigness. And then can I give myself permission to bask and to feel the stillness, integrate to be with the gifts that our orgasmic energy, that our ecstatic connections bring us, which is alive and vibratory. It's these ways in which it strengthens our energetic bodies in preparation for our work in the world. Our sexual energy is so profound. It's not just about recreational or procreational sex, although those are lovely too. But the sacred intentional way that we can consciously meet it and actually work with this energy to mm, fuel us, connect deeply with our, our heart's desires, manifest that, connect with source and heal, heal and strengthen our energetic bodies in preparation for doing our most authentic work on the planet. 
this is the very nature of what sexual energy in the deep space of our of our lineage is about can reclaim it, reclaim our power, our sovereignty, our choice, rather than living in a place that assumes our bodies are dirty or unclean or that we shouldn't be trusting ourselves. So let's trust and learn from these deep, the deep magic of our monarch friends that yes, we can trust being who we are and we can trust the cycles that emerge when the time is right. So a breath then to settle back in with your own body, to feel the earth, ah, to feel and delight in your pelvic bowl, allow your root gates to soften, to feel a call, beloved lover earth, help me to connect, base of my womb, my hara, to your womb, the deep center of the earth to call for, to ask for that support, to ask for that connection, to trust and allow, and yes, please come in to light me up, allow that deep shakti, sekam, the deep energy, the currents of the earth, of our static natures to come in, to be in our bodies, and to illumine the ways in which the places that are ready to be heard They'll let us know. All we have to do is ask. And then also as we sit in breathing and opening and connecting with the earth, with the mother, with the lover, softening in the womb, that we can receive and open and allow the above, the Father, sky, stars, divine, the deep central sun, serious, the consciousness of that beyond what we may be aware of in our consciousness now. Can we open and allow that connection, that union within our bodies? Trusting and acknowledging our bodies as divine vessels and that our authentic purpose is known. We can let ourselves trust that, that is within ourselves, within our bodies, and our connection with our source. Thank you, thank you. So I invite, as you're in this deep space, letting yourself plant some questions, some inquiry. What are you noticing in your life right now? What is grabbing your attention? In what ways can you really meet and listen to what is emerging for you and witness it without judging it, just watching it? In what ways is it inviting you to make a change? Can you meet it in a way that it would feel of service? What old limiting beliefs are tied to that? What old ways or patterns of thinking does your rationality come in with trying to figure out about? Can you watch that? Can you notice them as patterns? And then check in. Are you ready? Are you ready 
do you want to release those old patterns? Is it something you're ready to be free of? Or is it something that's, no, that's totally where I want to be right now. Then delight in that. And then open your heart. Allow love to guide you. Allow your body to guide you. What does it need? How can I love you? How can I help you feel safe? Ask your body. Ask the places in your body that light up as you meet this, the places that have information to share. What do they need to feel loved and to feel safe? And then do your best. Dear sacred body, I'm going to do my best to listen to you. Please share with me what I need to know. I'm going to do my best to listen to you and honor your messages. And I'm probably going to screw that up a few times. And that's okay. When I do, I'm going to do my best to listen. Be gentle with me, body. I promise to be gentle with you. Thank you, thank you, sacred body. And thank you, thank you, spirit. With a breath of gratitude for yourself, for your body, allow those questions to be planted within you. And I invite moving from this space and time with your pen and journal and write a bit about what you're noticing as you take a breath to return into the visual space. Namaste. Thank you for joining us today for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you'd like to contact Leslie, please visit her website, leslieblackburn.com. Leslie is also available for private sessions, and you can find more information about this at the website. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and have a beautiful day. Join us again next time for continued support on your path of self-realization. The power is within you to heal your body, connect deeply with others, manifest your heart's desires, and experience your deepest bliss. By our healing, we impact others, inspiring love for humanity and the planet. Thank you for joining us for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn.